right, this is the Brian Hornback Podcast. This is episode 44, and we've got another city council candidate in here um, for this podcast, and that is none other than Garrett Holt. Garrett is running uh, in city council district six. That's a lot of East Knoxville and downtown. Uh, But uh, Garrett, thanks for joining me here on the Brian Hornback Podcast. Absolutely. Now you are a um, pretty much a native Knoxvillian. Uh, you um, graduated uh, top of your class at West High School, if I recall correctly, right? That's correct. Out in Corinth, class of twenty twelve. Wow, that's great. Um, so, what have you? Um, so, what what's happened since uh, twenty twelve um, <laughs> with with Garrett Holt and and what brought him to uh, to decide to run for city council? Yeah, and, and you know you, you're you're in an interesting district, and and you know I, I think you know the city council districts are so so kind of weird that you know you from what I understand you kind of live on the edge of the of the sixth district, but you do live in the sixth district, um, contrary to what we might have heard at a at a public forum not too long ago. But 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 you know you know in District Six, you know you talk about crime, and you know we're not just particularly in District Six, we're not just talking about home burglaries armed robberies we're talking about actually just this year we're talking about six young people um 
three of them that were 15, two of them that were 16, and, and the, then just this past week, a 17-year-old. And, and you know, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that, you know, Justin uh, was was uh, the one in January, and then Stanley and Janari in February, and then Jamarian in March, Anthony Thompson Jr. in April, and then John John, John Quillen uh, on Sunday. Um, and, and, you know, you do mention that. I mean, I, I've heard that, you know, I watch being a, being a blogger and a, and a podcast guy. I mean, I, I watch all the meetings and, and I've heard, you know, what city council and Eve Thomas have talked about and the fact that, you know, they, they do have, they do have a lot of vacancies at KPD and, and, you know, there's also been a lot of issues in the last couple of years with, with just some internal problems at KPD uh, and so, you know, it really is going to have to take a hands-on approach with council working with the mayor. Do, do you see, do you see that that's a problem in the fact that, that maybe council and the mayor aren't necessarily working together is, is one, is one more heavy handed than the other? I mean, what, just, just in, in what you've seen, how do you, you know, how do you, when, when Garrett Holt is the city councilman for District Six, you know how how is that going to be a little bit different than what we see today? Yeah, Brian, you bring up a couple of good points, and I think first and foremost, you have to realize the, the system that we have in Knoxville as it relates to city government is a very strong arm mayoral system. Right. Ultimately, you know who is hiring the department heads, who is hiring the appointing the chief of police, who is providing the main policy directives to the chief of police and to the department. It is the mayor. But why is city council there? It's a check and balance system. Right. Know, they have the ability to, to counteract and provide input, and they should be. And what I see going on right now is a you know a, a lack of strong leadership. You know, I, I see dissonance among the mayor and city council. You have you know a lot of back and forth. You see the mayor pulling out school resource officers from the community multiple months ago, reinstituting the agreement. You see the vice mayor, Gwen McKenzie, you know, publicly saying she doesn't have faith in the chief of police. Mm. Uh, there's dissonance there, in my opinion. And ultimately what we need to be doing, because I've talked to the officers, I've talked to so many of them, and what they tell me time and time again is, you know, they're unsupported. They're asking for more and more and more to become fully staffed, to increase recruitment efforts, to increase retention efforts. And when we have dissonance between, you know, our leaders, we are showing a lack of public support for them. You know, who wants to go be a police officer when that's the environment you're working in, when you don't even have your city leaders out there publicly supporting you as much as they possibly can be? You know, it's I, I don't take this issue lightly, Brian, because right. it's, it's staring us right in the face. Like you mentioned, we've had a number of young people killed in our community. We've had murder on a per capita level in 2021 that's higher than Chicago. Mm. 61 police officer vacancies out of February. You know, we are asking ourselves, you know, this is a big issue right now, and I think people need to pay more attention to it. What I, what I worry about is if this is where we are right now, where are we going to be in five years, ten years, when hey, now we have 70 to 80 vacancies? And we can't take – some people can't get their calls for emergencies taken. Right. You know, when we have people that aren't even applying to KPD to serve our community. And you know, so I'm not going to you know, sit here and say that, that the policing is the solution to crime. No, it is not. It's right. a piece of the equation. And it's also when you look at the city of Knoxville – the biggest lever that we pull, our largest employee base, base that we service. Well, and, and you know, from what I, from what I'm hearing, um, both I think I think from about four years ago, in this particular uh, city council race, was that the candidate that wasn't successful 
really had talked about community policing, and I and I think that that's something that really hasn't really been adequately addressed. I mean, I get it. You know, if I'm a police officer and I'm doing a job, you know, and I've got a computer uh, hooked up to my hooked up to my dashboard and, and I'm having to answer calls. But, you know, at some point you would think that we could get back to the to the old school. I mean, I guess what shocked me the most about the most recent uh, murder in Lonsdale is that, you know, when, when I heard when I woke up on Sunday morning and heard that, you know, we had three people shot. You know, I just assumed that, you know, late at night, it's three or four or maybe five people. Uh, and, and, you know, three people got shot. Um, but then when the photo got released from KPD, I mean, we're talking about a massive crowd that, oh, yeah. that was Absolutely. in Lonsdale. Uh, and so, um, you know, I mean, it, it really begs the question. I mean, I get it that KPD through their investigation was able to get that. But, you know with all the people that I saw from that, that, that picture, I didn't really see any, any officers out there. I mean, at some point, somebody, it seems like in the city really needs to figure out a way to get the officers in the community. And, and particularly in, in district six, where you're running, there's just not a lot of trust. doesn't appear to be a lot of trust among the uniform body KPD and, and the community. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not sure how you fix that, but what, let, I mean, obviously crime is a major issue in district six, but what, what other issues um, are you hearing out there from the folks that you've been campaigning uh, as you've been going door to door and, and talking to folks in the community? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I, you know, I, I harp on the safety and crime because it is by far what I hear the, the most about, but you know, it's, you know, when we, we look beyond that and I think what plays into this is, you know, we need opportunity, we need growth, we need mm. development. You know, especially in the 6th District. You know, you look at the East Knoxville community and downtown. I mean, downtown, we would go back 20 years, was, oh, yeah. you know, nothing compared to what it is now. And, and East Knoxville is one of the most historic parts of this city. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw a massive migration away from that part of the city back in the 60s and 70s as we moved westward. But right now where I see us, we still have a, a lot of great opportunity to, you know, improve that part of the city. And I think the best way we can do that, what people tell us, we, we get more jobs, we get more growth. And more opportunity. I think that plays back with this whole crime situation to some extent. You know, when we have good jobs, we have a greater sense of community. When we have safe streets, you know, what does that do for us long term? That's what incentivizes and it helps promote uh, a strong and safe community. You know, I, I would say behind the scenes that it's, you know, especially in the downtown area, in some parts of East Knoxville, we see issues with homelessness. You know, always since mm-hmm. COVID. Uh, that issue has kind of become a hot topic, um, somewhat due to the mayor's directive and how the police handled the, you know, breaking up some of the homeless encampments. But, you know, we've seen the homeless issue, you know, I would say worsen in terms of numbers, but, you know, there's a lot greater disbursement. And, you know, aside from that, you know, this might sound kind of trivial, but, you know, one thing I hear, you know, a lot is there's small issues, Brian. Uh, there's things that necessarily don't make headlines, that don't necessarily get talked about. And, hey, Gary, you know, I, I think I need a speed bump on my road. You know, mm. I don't think the kids playing here feel safer. You know, hey, the city has it mowed back and maintained this piece of property. You know, hey, Gary, you know, I, there's issues with you know crime and drugs in this house down the street. I mean, how can we go about fixing that? And the one thing I say time and time again, these might be quote-unquote small issues, but they matter a lot to people in their streets and their neighborhoods. 
And that's one thing that since I've been out in the community the last few months, taking notes, trying to figure out on a, a micro level, hey, what's important to these residents? You know, how can I be an advocate to, to help you know, solve and address some of these things that they see in their day-to-day life? Well, and, you know, that really gets back to the fact that, you know, <clears throat> the way our, our whole government was set up was to be a representative republic. And, and I mean, that's, it's all about constituent service. And so, you know, if you've got, uh-huh. if you've got a street that's, that's uh, got a lot of traffic and I mean, that's, you know, that, that's what, that's what you're there for, that you're there to, you're there to help, help your constituents get what they need. And, you know, it may, you know, going back to Magnolia and East Knoxville, uh, well, not just Magnolia, but East Knoxville. I mean, what we've seen with um, the development of, of Gay Street and we've seen the development of the old city and now, uh, you know, the baseball stadium appears to be, you know, a, a pretty good, pretty good chance of happening. You know, it, it makes sense that really there's no place to, to, to move that development, but East Knoxville, because, you know, you really can't, I mean, you, you could maybe go over on the UT campus, but there's not much to do there. And so, you know, then you'd have to jump to Fort Sanders. So, I mean, it really makes sense. And in, in looking at what's happened, uh, you know, you've got some you've got some micro brews that have started uh, on that on that on that end of Magnolia, close to Fifth and Gay, and and then you know I know Trotta Montgomery uh, Real Estate, you know they invested some money right there at Olive Street and Magnolia, so it it makes sense that 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 that, that new business development should start moving toward East Knoxville, and you know I mean I I grew up in East Knox County just across the Holston River, and I remember when Burlington. I mean, Burlington was a thriving, I mean, in the, in the, in the seventies and, and in the early eighties, I mean, it was, you know, Burlington was thriving, man. I mean, uh, about the only thing that's left in Burlington, and I just drove through Burlington the other day and about the only thing that's left up there right now is Barnes Barbershop. Um, you know, McCarty's Mortuary moved out, Ruby's Coffee Shop moved out. Uh, and so it's right. I mean, there's a lot of empty buildings, but you know, it's just getting folks, uh, to be able to, that, that will invest in, and start building that is, is really the key. So, um, but now, um, so what do you, um, what will folks, uh, how, how will things look different when Garrett Holt is representing the sixth district on city council? You know, I, I think the big thing for me is it's twofold. You know, one going back to what I was mentioning before is, you know, being a proactive leader who listens is there to work hard and actually make noise and make a difference. You know, what I think we have to do right now, Brian, is is truly take a hard stance on some of these issues that I've mentioned with, you know, promoting more job growth, promoting, mm-hmm. you know, stronger amounts of public safety, improving the crime situation that we have going on. And, you know, we can't have a city council as a whole that's complacent. Right. We absolutely cannot. Um, and, and I think the thing, you, you know, on the flip side of that is one city council member cannot fix our, our city. Right. That's not how the system works. Yeah, they are one of nine. They're a body that, you know, goes alongside our mayor. Right. So ultimately, hey, being someone who's been working collaboratively with other members of city council, with the mayor, um, to get things done. And, and I think one thing I point out, too, is a lot of times these issues, like, they're not just a city of Knoxville issue. When you look at crime, when you look at growth, you know, that's, inter, you know, in relations between our other bodies of government with school board, with county commission. Also, too, is it's being an advocate for pulling community leaders, uh, you know, and people into the uh, conversation. 
Okay, I cannot fix everything by myself. Right. But what I can do is I can pull the people together collaboratively that can address these issues. And I think that's, you know, what needs to be going on far more than it does currently. Right. Well, and, you know, it's sad. It's sad to see that that the only time that uh, city council and county commission attended tend to try to have a joint meeting is is when you got something like a, a multi-use ball stadium i mean it, it would be nice to see them get together on a more on, on a more regular basis uh and not just not just when something big like a a multi-use stadium is up or, or somebody's running for re-election so uh you know that's just unfortunately that's just politics but man i, I really appreciate i really appreciate you being on i know you've uh saw you over at the uh town hall east forum uh, last weekend and, and i know you're out you're out working hard and uh so uh, early voting's going on august the 11th through the 26th with with the primary coming up on the 31st uh and then uh, after that um it's uh all the way to november uh so uh i'll uh, i'll let you have about a minute here just to uh ask folks to vote for you and, and make your final pitch and then i'll let you get back to campaigning guys like brian said please vote for me absolutely it means a lot to me sure uh, and to anybody listening I, I at the end of the day this has been a, a wonderful journey for me you're getting to be out in the community the last four or five months uh you know it's really changed my perspective on our city in ways you know i never could imagine having lived here my whole life but uh but you know like brian mentioned garrett holt Running for City Council District 6 would love the opportunity to, to serve you, to serve our community. Uh, you know, and whether it's for me or another candidate in another district, you know, please take the time to turn out to vote. This is a massively important election that really will help determine, you know, where our city heads moving forward. And and that reminds me that when when Winfield Dunn, the, the first Republican governor in Tennessee, uh, uh, when he announced his candidacy in the early 70s, uh, and I've used this quote before, but but when when you mentioned that uh, people need to vote, no matter who they vote for, is Winfield Dunn uh, told people that support me if you can, oppose me if you must, but above all participate. And that's that's what's really sad is that I just looked at the at the numbers uh, uh, on the first day of early voting. We had about three hundred and thirty some people show up at five different locations, which averages out to about less than sixty five people per per location over an eight hour period. Uh, Two hundred and forty of those on the first day were absentee votes. But then uh, on the second day of early voting, adding, adding those, you know, it was slightly better on the second day, but but we're still just now broke a thousand over over a couple of days of early voting. And that's at five different locations. So those of you in District Six uh, that are voting for Garrett uh, or one of the other candidates, as Garrett mentioned, uh, you know, the two places probably closest to you would be Eternal Life. Uh, Eternal Life Harvest Center there at Five Points or the New Harvest Park uh, over uh, behind uh, what's I was getting ready to say East Town, but it's getting ready to be uh, the Amazon Distribution Center now. So, um, uh, you know, th those two, of course, are the city county building. But, you know, in order to go to the city county building, you got to you got to stand in line and go through a pat down and all that kind of stuff. So that's probably not advantageous. But Garrett, yeah. uh, again, thanks for being on and um, good luck to you. And we'll be talking to you after August 31st. Awesome, Brian. Appreciate you. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Bye bye.